part. Thank you. Nice. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Station Radio. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and yes, we are delighted once again to be with you this evening. Live this evening. It's been a while. We've had three episodes where we were not live, but there were outstanding episodes. Last week, you folks uh, got to hear some of the dynamic programming from our very first Kingdom Builders Banquet, featuring uh, Justin Fatika. You're amazing. Our dear brother in Christ Artists, doing great things. Ministry. Uh, a star with EWTN and Prayer That A&E and an author. He really spoke from his heart. And, of course, our beloved Bishop Thomas, who is with us, gave us a really a beautiful um, uh, insight into the purpose of family and marriage and uh, blessed the meal. And we had uh, a number of our team, we call them Kingdom Builders, brothers that I've been blessed to know over the last year, meeting almost every other week, talking and praying. And preparing for um, really this mission called Mass Impact. These are men who are united with their wives and families, digging in themselves, and they're blessing many, many others. And uh, they, three of them, spoke and shared testimonials of how they were impacted. And just uh, the gathering, the fellowship of so many, just truly inspirational, incredible people uh, gathered under the same roof. Um, just the interactions and the conversations and the real blessing that was to be united together that night. So if you were there, thank you for your presence and um, for being in the uh, business of building the kingdom. That's right. We raised the question right at the outset of this Kingdom Builders Banquet, and really it's more than just for that night. We've been praying about this, and we really felt that this really challenges us and inspires us um, for our mission long before the banquet and hopefully into next year and beyond. And simply put, our business is building the kingdom here. Our business is building the kingdom here. Now, inherent in that are kind of two simple ideas that I present to you, our beloved audience tonight. Two questions. Number one, would God have asked us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done? without providing the means to fulfill it. We pray it at every Mass, hopefully every day, whether by rosary or some other way. Are we really attuned and intentional to what we're praying? Would God ask us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, without providing the means to fulfill it? I think we all have to believe the answer to that question is no. He's flooding us with all the means to do it, and maybe the challenge to us is, are we really praying it with intent of saying, Lord, I avail myself to being the answer? That's the tough question. The prayer, quote-unquote, comes easy. But the deeper prayer is, Lord, I avail myself to being the answer. The second question is this. Those of you who are listening right now, if you're retired or you can think about when you were working, um, those who are working, think of the energy, the time, the resources that we put into our jobs, how important they are to many of us. Some of us may not like our jobs so much, but I venture to say most people put a lot into their jobs. Well, what if we put that same energy, we meaning those in this region, um, into building the kingdom here? What if we put the energy into making it the kind of place that God desires it to be, everyone alive in the Holy Spirit? I contrast that tonight with a little bit of sadness, that's plaguing our nation and places throughout the world. It's the 49th 
violence that has taken place, event that has taken place today in Kentucky this morning at 8 a.m. 49th incident since this school year began. 49th in schools. Places where they ought to be focusing on uh, learning the fundamentals to survive um, arithmetic and math and those sorts of things and building foundations in their relationships. So, okay, you can laugh at me. Sorry. Arithmetic and math. math. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, I should have gone there. No, no, but seriously, uh, do we not have a culture where people are needing to know Jesus Christ? I can, I can guarantee you there's one commonality among every single instance of violence in the schools this year. There's one commonality among all of the perpetrators. And some of you may accuse me of being maybe a little radical or fundamentalist about this, but it must be true that every single one did not have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. They may have been baptized. They may have gone through RCIA. They may have been to great conferences. I don't know those stories. But the commonality is there's, it's impossible to be filled with the love of God in Christ and to perpetrate violence like that. We have to believe that Jesus who said, I'm the way, the truth and the life, that an encounter with him, as we've heard so many of our popes echo and magnify what's in the gospel throughout the centuries, that a living relationship with God in Jesus Christ is possible. Yet tonight, how many of us listening, myself included, maybe think that our existence um, is really just to fulfill, do excellent things in our jobs or to make sure the kids get to school? Um, if you will, maintenance, menial tasks, just to survive, if you will. How many of us, our lives, if, you, if people looked at us, they would say, that person is on a mission. That person is really growing and really radiating the love of God. You know, I would hope people would say that about me, but depending on the hour of the day, we're human, right? But tonight, we want to share with you and invite you to call in and share with us. We want to share with you a vision going into this year that really has some traction to it. It is concrete. It's not just an idea, just a vision. And the idea is simply that God wants us to encounter him in our relationships. I'll say it again. God is pressing in on us. I, I say Niagara Falls of Grace because we, you know, my wife is from Erie, PA, and we'd go there once a summer and, uh, or twice or a few times and overwhelmed by this wonder of the world, this um, power force of this Niagara Falls, the water just cascading in. And it reminded me so much of the grace that God is pouring in on us all the time, but we have these obstacles in the way. He's pouring in on us. And how many of us are really allowing that grace to be experienced in our relationships? We certainly sit next to each other watching movies or playing with our devices or sort of some logistical conversations. But how many of us are truly encountering the life of Christ alive in the nature of our conversations with one another? So just a commercial number one. Beginning the week of February 4th, we're inviting you to lead people in your home for seven weeks. Is that doable, folks, for seven weeks? I can tell you it is because this band of brothers I spoke of, all of them, number of them have a number of kids, younger kids. Some, they all have responsibilities with their business. They're very busy people, and they've made it happen. We can make this happen. And I'll say every single one would give testimony to the power of God alive in their marriages as a result and in their families as a result. It's, it's playing to win. So I'm going to say it again. Beginning the week of February 4th, we're inviting you to commit to seven weeks of talking and praying. And I'm going to give you a place to go online. And you could call us. Some of you may not be web people. Call us. Call our number. Find out. Um, I'll give it to you. 814-449-8808 is my personal cell phone number. You want us to give you the resources for this because you're not a web-ish person. But online, go here. Go massimpact.us forward slash lit 
leaders. Massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. What is this all about? It's inviting up to, if you're a married couple, four other couples. So a total of 10 people. No more than 10 because we found more than that is too many. And we're limiting it to seven weeks. We're saying for seven weeks at a time that works, where you can commit to it for two hours once a week with these other eight people, other four couples in your home to talk and pray based upon the Sunday readings. I promise you this. You will encounter, personally encounter all the more fully God's healing, transforming, strengthening, clarifying, uniting grace. So, we're going to make, that's basically a commercial tonight and going, uh, if you will, into the season. Lent is not too far away. We're inviting you to begin what's called a lit group. So massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. And to help us maybe share with you, um, tell this story all the more about God alive in small faith sharing communities, I want to invite you to call in tonight. Call in 877-275-8098 if... You can share with us the difference it has made by being in a committed faith-sharing group. If you've been in a committed faith-sharing group, certainly if you've been in a lit group, we want to hear from you. We want to hear the difference that it's made in your marriage and in your family. And I want to say, if there's some of you who are like, what is this all about? We love candor. Let's make this a conversation tonight. If you're sitting there and thinking, well, that's not me. You know, I, I could never do that because my wife, because my husband, because my kids. Well, there's always something that you can do, and we're here to answer those questions to help you initiate a context of talking and praying on a weekly basis and to discover what I can't speak more strongly about that you've heard our kids talk about, that their friends have talked about, that we've had so many adults on this program talk about, that life can be more than just surviving. It can be more than just going to that great evangelization event and then charting the course for the next one and looking forward to it alone. It can be a lived experience every single day, all the more rich, all the more full. And which of us don't need a context of people who love us and support us and are praying for us? I can tell you, I do. Um, There was a season this past year, uh, at one point, we were doing three lit groups at the same time because we're wanting to um, just have people awaken and know God's love. And now they're going to be leading them beginning February 4th. So for us, all that blessing that we've had to be with these three different groups with people that we would now call family. I don't know what word we'd use for it, right, Steph? I mean, these are brothers and sisters that we've gotten to know, their struggles, their challenges, praying for them, asking them to pray for us. So I'm going to give you the number again, 877-275-8098. And I want to invite you to call in and share with us. If you've been in a faith-sharing group, what difference has it made? And if you're struggling with maybe keeping with a faith-sharing group, or maybe why haven't you gotten on board, or you have questions for us about what lit groups are all about, or this mass impact thing, we're wide open tonight. 877-275-8098. So just a couple things. One, lit, for those of you who are not familiar with it, stands for live it, and the IT is short for Image Trinity, that we're all called to image the Trinity. That's the fullness of our uh, life in the Lord, the the Trinity, the life in the Trinity. And JP2 um, said to us, families become who you are. Mm. And it's all centered in the Trinity, that pouring out of self-gift over and over and over again. And so Greg just spoke of um, these lit groups really focusing on couples, which is so important. And over and over and over again in our ministry and in talking 
to others who are on the battlefield, it keeps coming back to family. Like we need to really equip families to get in with families, to help families. And, and really that's the basis of our dear bishops, um, exhortation for holy disciples, holy families, holy vocations. And, and that's what our mission is about. But if you are, um, perhaps not married or, uh, divorced or whatever the case may be, we encourage you to take up this Lenten challenge or Lenten opportunity. Also, you know, maybe, um, you know, you are an older person and a daily mass goer and kind of do the coffee thing after mass. How awesome would it be once a week then plan on opening up the lit gathering guide from massimpact.us and in gathering in conversation and in prayer with those friends. If you're a college student who's listening, how awesome to gather some other friends together to grow more deeply um, in relationship with each other through Christ during Lent. You know, it seems like we're always looking for the quick fix during Lent or the Mm -hmm. devotional or this thing or that thing. And those are all great. And the Lord certainly uses those. But this is something that um, we offer as the slogan goes on our website, not just another program, a way of life to really equip you to dive in in relationship to to use this guide and make it your own to focus on the readings um, for the upcoming Sunday's Mass and just really grow deeper in that way um, and it doesn't expire the cycle keeps going and going and something that we have seen and hopefully we'll get some callers um, to give testimony to this is with these lit groups so often what happens is the overflow that it's not just meant to become this little clicky thing and and just stay there, but really that overflow um, t- for each of those people then to perhaps with another person or another couple to branch out and start another group. And if faith isn't growing, it's dying. So I want to make a statement here that's pretty packed, and then I'm going to unpack it and get your feedback on this also, Steph. Bring it on. Time is the currency of mission fulfillment. I'll say it again. Time. Time is the currency of mission fulfillment. So God gives us time. He makes the time. You hear people say, you know, I don't have the time or I need to make the time. Well, God's already made the time. If you're breathing and you have air in your lungs, thanks be to God, God has given you that gift of life. He's given you that gift of time. But that is the, that is the capacity God gives us to what? To accomplish our mission. If we don't know our mission, let me state this clearly, we're wasting our time. If we don't know our mission, we're wasting our time. And it's worth asking the question, do you know your mission? Can you state it? And are you after it? Are we after, I'll say it in the we form, are we after our mission? Are we aware that God wants us, really you see it in Matthew 28, to make disciples of all the nations? Are we? And that implies what? Are we becoming disciples? It seems to me that many of us who are very active in our faith— Many of us who are active in our church programming and whatever, um, you know, we do these things, but is it, is it the air we breathe? Is it the fabric of our existence to, uh, to truly become saints and to receive that grace? Time is the currency of mission fulfillment. And that mean, means we should raise the question, truly, how different are we as a result of the time that we spend? Think about just the last month or the last week, the decisions you made and I made. I know you got to work. We got to work, right? Hopefully we love our job, but we have to pay bills. You got to sleep. Okay, factor that in. You got to get the kids here and then we got that. So 
Beyond eating and sleeping and work, we'll call it discretionary time. We make decisions with our discretionary time. Let me ask, how much further ahead are we in the decisions we've made with our discretionary time in knowing God and knowing his love for us and in helping others know him? That is a, a powerful, I think, challenge to all of us. And I'll just want to spin. We have a caller on the line here in a second. I want to turn to him. But uh, it raises the question, you know, could we spend the discretionary time we have better and would it not do a whole lot for our emotions, for our relationships, for the way we look at the world? And I think the answer, not only think, I know the answer is absolutely yes. So in that space that we call discretionary time, we're making an appeal tonight. Um, and you got to resonate it with your own spirit. Um, can you commit to two hours a week to talking and praying? Ideally, you know, maybe you're the leader of this. That you're going to invite, again, four other couples or individuals into your home for seven weeks. We provide the guide. It's super easy. It's super fun to follow. We have mentors that are there to help you do this. We're encouraging you again. And again, go to massimpact.us forward slash, um, forward slash, uh, John Paul's making fun of me here, forward slash lit leaders, massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders, leaders, lit leaders. <laughs> He's, okay, let's cut to our caller, our Indeed. dear Deacon Mark. How are you? Welcome uh, to Ignite uh, Radio Live. Yes. I wanted to call to get it started. Uh, you, are you know, good. Lit is Lit's a wonderful program. Katie and I have been involved, and now we have committed, starting on February fourth, to having couples here in our home, awesome. here in Point Place. And you know, when I talk to people, I, a lot of times, religion is such a personal thing for a lot of people, mm. especially older Catholics that that aren't used to talking about their faith or even showing their faith. Mm, right, it's kind point. of more internalized. But you know. If we don't do it, who will? Mm-hmm. When I talk to my students uh, every day at St. Francis, I say, look, Christianity is supposed to be a contact sport. If you don't oh, get like bumps that. and bruises, you're not doing it right. We're the ones that have to go out there. We're the ones, because if not us, whom? We have to start this. And this is a wonderful program. So for anybody out there listening all over throughout the five stations, it's not hard to do this. It's not mm. embarrassing. Talking about your faith should be something that comes very naturally to you. If you have a strong faith, speak out about it. Help others. That's the best thing. You know, sometimes you get this feeling that you're on, you're on by yourself trying to, trying to make these changes. Mm. And one of the benefits of the Lit Group is the fact that you have other people. You're surrounded with other people that feel the way you do and are working towards the same goal, and it gives you support, and it makes you, you know, it strengthens you and gives you the courage and the the ability to go on. Deacon Mark, a fabulous testimony. I think there's something in here also that if we're not taking ground, we're losing ground. If we're not taking ground in our marriages, in our families, and how many of us in the use of our time, and I have my hand in the air often, am I taking ground? How has that worked with you and your wife and as a deacon as you've experienced it? Do you have any little testimonies that you can give about maybe people who've been in the game and taking ground and the blessing it's been to them, and maybe even you personally? Well, it's, I mean, I've... It's, it's, a, it's a chore sometimes, as you were saying as I was waiting to go on. We all have our lives. We all have things to do. So I'm not only a deacon, I'm a school teacher, a husband, a father, a grandfather. We all have our roles to play. Mm. But when you think about it, we have to work. I've, I've talked to people that I've encouraged. I'm saying, hey, 
look, are, do you believe in this? Do you really believe in this Catholic faith of yours? Absolutely. Well, then why aren't you doing something about it? In other words, I'm trying to just get them to realize that Christianity, Jesus calls us, last Sunday's Gospel, he calls the first four apostles. He didn't say, hey, nice to see you. By the way, if you get a chance, stop by. (laughs) No, he says, come with me right now. He says, you're going to follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Christianity is supposed to be a verb. We're supposed to be active in it. And and unfortunately, sometimes Catholics tend to sit on their dust. We need to get moving. We've got a lot of work to do. The world needs changing in a great way, and we need a mass of people, even in this diocese, to make that change. Awesome. Deacon Mark, you are awesome. It's been a blessing to be united with you and your beautiful wife in mission, and uh, just thank you for your wonderful testimony. Oh, not a problem. Anything to help a Gannon grad. Yeah, you know it. You know it. Have you great, know it. Have a great night. Hug your wife for us. God bless you, Deacon Mark. God bless Wow. There you have it. Economical, We should have just turned the mic over to him. Exactly. Going. So true, though. So true. And I love just the, the act of Christianity is a contact sport. You know, it's mm. not uh, a noun. It's a verb. It's, you know, just, he said, get off your duffs. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that again? You can. No, but it's so true. Sometimes, especially as Catholics, we get so comfortable. We get so comfortable. And... You know, we are sent out. We should be living a life on mission. If it's something that's truly important to us, um, we're going to do something. We're going to share it. It's not just something that we hold on to. We're going to shout it from the rooftops. We're going to reach out, you know. And sometimes, yes, it's in a quieter way, but it's always mm-hmm. a reaching out. It's always an overflow. It's always an extension. The more that we look to ourselves and just keep quiet, one, it we don't grow in our faith at all, right? A faith that is growing is one that is sharing. Mm. And, um, you know, he, Deacon Mark, our last caller had mentioned, you know, even with a lot of the older Catholics, you know, it's not something that they've been comfortable with, right? It's not something that they've known growing up. It was something that the witness given was something personal and private. And we do need to break that. But with, you know, you know, they have the heart and you know that, you know, they have, had impact on others. But I guess something that somebody had shared with us about um, some of these lit groups, and I would attest to this also, because many people are not comfortable, whether they have viewed it as a personal thing or for whatever other reasons um, aren't as uh, likely to share like that, it gives one an opportunity to practice. You know, Mm. and that may sound silly, but if you are in these groups and even just sharing, you know, a victory or challenge, or even if it's, I don't want to say just because it's still an awesome thing, but reflections on the readings and the gospel for the upcoming week and, and the thoughts that, you know, may be inspired and in that conversation or what the Lord places on somebody's heart to share, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. It's like you're learning that language. And that's what evangelization is about. It's just sharing what the Lord has done in your own life. And again, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So I think that a number of folks are resistant to lit group type of gatherings for many reasons, and we've identified some. Um, One of them is just a private kind of faith, me and God faith, which we know is heretical. Sorry, it's just our faith is shouted from the rooftops, Pope John Paul II said. And and even if it arouses in us that thought of, oh, you're judgmental, or, um, or maybe makes people, you know, you know, feel, okay, that's true, but I'm not there, I don't have the strength. Praise God. 
you know, I'm not there. None of us are there. And I think the beauty of a lit group is um, the authenticity is just a huge value that we speak of with mass impact. The blessing of just being you. And something, Steph, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but we've been blessed with many different types of wired people, if you will, in lit groups. And there is not a bit, truthfully, I can say before God in my this awesome audience, there's not been a single person in any lit group we've been in, and we've been in many, who has not been a profound blessing to us. And I think there have been Amen. dozens, not, not one, Amen. whether yep. introverted or extroverted or fearful of the sharing thing or whatever the case may be. And the introverts, truthfully, um, ironically... Uh, Many of them don't know the gold that they have. And when they do speak, um, it's just, I get it to you introverts out there. You just think you've got nothing to say um, or you just don't want to say it. That's true also. But the gold that you possess, it does take a leader to mine it a little bit. Sometimes to say, hey, Susan, what do you think? You know, what, what were your thoughts on that? And if they have nothing to say, there's no hot spot moments um, in a lit group. You're, again, authentic. It's comfortable. It's natural. But in those instances, I have been blown away by the thoughtfulness shared by the introverts who've been sitting on that gold for a long time and when they are called upon to share or something. Um, There's another resistant piece here, too, also, and let's just get this out there. I think many people, when they hear the word share, it has maybe a liberal, progressive, warm, fuzzy feeling connotation that we just like Oprah Winfrey, cathartic, it's good just to get whatever we want to say. That's not what we're speaking about. That's not what a lit group is about. It's not a therapy session. It's not, um, you know, kind of an Im- uh, immature, just kind of sharing and, and controlling and manipulating the conversation because of one's, you know, uh, fears and weaknesses. It takes a leader to maybe manage that with group members sometime, but we haven't had that problem, really. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing, in this sense, is what you see in the Bible. It is the disciples talking together about the encounter of Christ, which must have happened for the oral tradition to take place, to share the stories. It had to happen before it became the written tradition as we read it. The heart of our faith, none of us would know, were it not for parents, brothers, sisters, friends, sharing their faith. And not only the facts of it, but how it impacts us. The difference that it's made in our lives. And as you said, Stephanie, I do think if we're going to see, as we spoke of the violence in the schools, as iconic of what's wrong with this culture. People who are lonely, Justin Fatika spoke to that. He speaks with tens of thousands of kids every year. He said, do you folks know how lonely kids are and how isolated they're feeling? Well, who's going to radiate the love to them? How are they going to know any different if they don't have an open door to connect their inner life with God's love for them? If they don't hear somebody talk about the Jesus stories in a personal way? relevant way. And before we can really do that, maybe outside of our homes or outside of our friends, friends ought to be that context mm. where we can talk about, hey, let me tell you what happened yesterday. I went to the coffee shop and or maybe it's I was getting my hair cut or whatever the case may be. And somebody said this and it really caused me to think about this. By the way, um, in our uh, lit groups, it's very important to us that it's contextualized by the subsequent Sunday readings. We're not, there's no genius here that we've made up. We're simply trying to make accessible the Christ alive in the readings, the first reading, the second reading, and the gospel. So when you gather for your lit group, there are questions that are, we call daily questions, like a victory and a challenge. We just did it tonight again as a family, um, which alone is really elucidating for people to think, what is a victory in your life? What is a challenge? And there are other questions. But then to read the readings, if you did nothing more than that, how we sit up and pay attention all the more on Sunday because we've heard the readings before. Just that alone. But if you read the reading and even just the first question, 
What struck you in this reading? What challenged you? Inspired you? What questions did it raise? That one question alone in a group of even three or four people will carry the conversation a while, and you'll be touched by it. You'll be touched how God moves people, illuminates in their minds and hearts through the reading, the reflection upon that. So it sounds like we have another caller, but just in case, um, we encourage you to share your stories of small faith sharing groups by calling in 877-275-8098. You know, a preacher once said that it was important for the church to grow small. And that struck me, and as he unpacked that a little bit, the point that he was making was it is in the context of these small faith-sharing groups. You know, you have thousands of parishioners in different churches, and it's hard to get to know them, right? Especially for the priest, to get to know individuals on a level where they, you know, feel like they're really a part of that family or that community. And it's our job as parishioners in our churches um, to focus on that and to reach out to others and to gather small to be able to grow. So our friends out there are now saying, let's save the audience from Greg monologuing again. <laughs> Some call it Gregorian chant. Others call it Gregorian rant. So 877-275-8098. We're delighted to have Laura on the phone with us. How are you doing tonight, Laura? Hey, Greg. It's Lorna. Lorna. Oh, Lorna. Okay, we go. see our Yay. soundboard person. You know, you're laughing at the Gregorian okay. rant thing, aren't you? You're laughing at Gregorian rant. That's it's okay. Good. Welcome, Lorna. Authenticity. We're about authenticity. Good to hear your voice. It's great to hear you guys tonight. I'm just stealing away a few moments. I, uh, we normally are busy doing a lit group or ignite tonight, and we're not tonight. So, well, we, we will we will be with our children in a few minutes. But um, we had some time, and awesome. so I thought, hey, good for and, you. <laughs> yeah. So bring it on. What do you yeah. got for us, Lorna? Well, you know, um, it's undeniable that the. Uh, you know, doing the lit group, we started doing it as a family, and, you know, it's just been an amazing experience in general. I mean, you open yourself up to Christ, and amazing things are going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's been such an opportunity for Christ to grow more and more and become disinfused more and more in our lives and in our family, and in the interactions we have, we have had uh, other groups that we've done. And uh, right now we have a tiny group. It's just us and one other couple. So in the Huron area, we do have room for, for more if they wanted to. But it's wonderful because we get together, and it's, it just builds our faith when we get together with that other couple. Awesome. And, uh, and it just I don't know, it makes such a difference in the way you just go about everything, especially with the family. When you can do it with the kids, mm. it's this great excuse because it's already written out. It's easy. You don't have to be like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? Right. It's all, you know, right there for us. And for me, that makes it really easy because I can, I don't have to figure out, you know, I'm, I'm good at doing that too, but then I'll start monologuing and I'll right. start no, <laughs> no, it's, it's great. All good. So Lorna, I want you to settle the score for our listeners and I'm going to be facetious. It takes having an advanced degree in leading groups and theology and organizational dynamics and yada, yada, yada to lead a small group, right? Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, and I have, yeah, I'm, I'm good for the, uh, the exact opposite of that. So it's, it's just that, you know, that desire to grow closer to God, you know, to be closer to the people around you and to bring them. You know, for me, 
Christ has done so much for me, and that I can't deny that. And all of the awareness that I have of that has grown even stronger through all of the different mass impact programs. And knowing, you know, when when you know how much He loves you, mm. you just have to you have to try and help other people know. There's so many people that are just hurting, you know, mm-hmm. from kids who don't think they're worth anything, mm-hmm. thinks the world's better off without them. And mm-hmm. it's so not true. You, you know, we're all here for a specific purpose that only we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this thing that we're made for that nobody else can be. And it's just lost on so many of us. Right. And just to kind of, you know, be out there to share that, to say, you know, this is how he has helped me. And I can, I'm, I'm a big oversharer, so my, my groups will often laugh at me and be like, well, that's your gift. <laughs> like, you make everyone else feel like, oh, I can share anything. Cause that's put beautiful. Put it all out there on the table. But it's just, I have to, because, you know, it's, I mean, there's always the audience to be considered, right? But beyond that, it's like, I have to give glory to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and, you just, and, Steve, and that makes me happier. You and Steve. It makes my life Sorry. No, 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 no. It's it's great. It's so true. But you and Steve give great witness to that, and and just availing yourselves by saying yes, and like you're saying, you have to share it, and that's what it's about. And the Lord takes care of the rest, whether it's one other couple or seven other people or however it all works. It's just that grace that comes in our faithfulness, and the Lord blesses it. So thank you for Mm -hmm. um, all that you're doing in the Huron area and the great witness that you are to so many. So we have another caller. So blessed to have heard from Deacon Mark and uh, and Lorna all the way from Huron, Ohio. And we have a Mrs. Erickson on the line. How are you doing tonight, Liz? I'm, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Welcome to Ignite Radio Live. You're able to break away from those beautiful little kids. Well, actually, I have a couple of them right here next to me. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> they want to chime more in. beautiful. Hello, everybody. Yay. Can you guess who that was, Steph? That sounded like an Izzy. Allie, you think? Guess. Anyways. Was, Zeke. Was an Allie and oh, an Izzy. Awesome. Well, anyways, Liz, you've been involved for a while, and uh, what has your experience been with these lit groups? Okay, so Walt is definitely the better speaker in the family, so he probably should have called, but I'm going to go ahead and share what I have to say. Good for um, you. Definitely a good friend. Like, especially nowadays, you know, all these people, like, on Facebook and all this uh, social media and stuff, people say, oh, I've got so many contacts and so many whatever, and there's always all these people, but they're not really good friends, mm. you know? When you pray together, you get to know each other, and you know each other's struggles and good things that are going on in their lives. And you, can, and you have people that are there to pray for you, and you can pray for them, and it brings you so much closer and deeper. It's so Amen. much more than just, oh, what's the weather today, or how did the bears do, or, you know, it's, it's like, what's going on in your life? How, how are your struggles? What's, is there something I can pray for you for? Right. And so just to have friends like that, I mean, I, have been, I feel like we've been so blessed with our community just because we've been willing to open ourselves up and open our home up to others. Um, and then also, I feel like our family has gotten stronger because we're praying together. We're asking each other, what are things that I can pray for you for? Mm. Um, how, you know, what are things, telling each other that you're sorry, 
And what are you sorry for? And so you're going together and you're talking and you're, you're being a family and trying to show others what that means. And then I, I also feel like I've been challenged to be a better mom just because, you know, we break off into men's and women's groups. And some of the things the women say or how their daily prayer life is, sometimes it's challenging to me because it's like, well, I don't do that and maybe I should be doing that mm-hmm. or, you know, just... It's helped me be more patient, um, to rely more on Jesus, and to keep him at our focus and our center. That is so awesome, Liz. And so, uh, folks are listening to a dear friend and very involved at the core of this mission, uh, Liz Erickson and her husband, Walt, with seven beautiful children, number seven due pretty soon, one up in heaven looking on from on high, beautiful little Mary. And you guys, in spite of managing a business and the business of family and being so giving to so many different people, how many lit groups are you leading right now? Um, We just finished one, and we're going to be starting up another one here in a couple weeks. I think in two weeks. We're starting one that will be seven weeks long. And uh, it's going to so be kind of challenging. My baby is due around that seventh week. So. <laughs> You'll have so many people praying for you. So you've, you've experienced <laughs> yeah. something, though, also, Liz, and just a word, we have somebody else uh, on the line. But um, now that you've done it in your own home, you know, just share with others who may be questioning, should I do this myself? Should I lead in my home? Share the blessing of having your home be a sacramental place, a sacred place where where this kind of uh, encounter takes place. How has it benefited, you know, the atmosphere, if you will, about your home? It's, it's beautiful because our children are there. and I mean, usually they don't do the actual group with us with the talking with the adults because, you know, that's adult yep. time, so... But for them, you know, they have friends come over and play. And our our kids, what do you guys call it? They don't call it Bible study. They call it, like, party time or something like that. (laughs) Because, you know, it's getting together with friends and partying, kind of. But then you pray together, too. So, and it it makes your, I don't know, it's just a sacred, makes your home a sacred space. You know, like when you walk into Mass and it feels holy, it helps your home feel holy Mm -hmm. and or like a community. And like um, Father Mike, our um, Holy, Father Mike, our pastor at Holy Trinity, he just said on his homily on Sunday, he was talking about preaching the good news. He goes, you know, when you listen to the radio, you always want to catch the headlines, and that's what you talk about. And he, he challenged all of us. That's what we should be doing in our homes. Jesus is our news, our good news, and mm-hmm. isn't that what the gospel means? And so when we open up our homes, we are sharing that good news, the yeah. perfect way to evangelize. Yep, yep. You know, there's another thing I recall, so Walt, speaking of when you guys led your very first in your own home lit group, and I don't want our listeners to be intimidated because they don't mean, you know, share your deepest, darkest secret. You know, you you are you know, there's no pressure. It's authenticity. It's being honest. It's being who you are. Um, but, you know, Walt shared kind of a phenomenon of what took place there among the men when they broke off that, you know, without really knowing each other, that they were almost dying to have a context that was confidential, where there was mutual respect and support, to, if you will, go there to open the door and share things that, that they'd never shared before. And as he explained, uh, obviously keeping confidential, I don't know any details, don't care to know, but that it was such an awesome opportunity for these good Catholic men who are informed of their faith, who have theology, but to have a context of dealing with some deeper things and really pray and support one another. Right. You feel that. Yeah, you definitely feel that. 
And it also opens up different things that, you know, there's so many, we're Catholics, right? Some of us don't know how to live that life. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity to ask those questions without feeling silly. Yeah. You know how sometimes you're like, right. like, well, I don't want to ask that. And so, like, I know one of the things that we really talked about when our, on our very first one was couple prayer, like praying together as a couple. And the women were like, well, what do you do? What does this look like? And so it was a beautiful way for me to um, share, well, these are some suggestions. These are some things to try. Everyone looks a little bit different. It's whatever you're comfortable with. And, you know, like our situation is a little bit different because my husband is all about it and great at sharing and whatever, and I'm a little more reserved. I'm like, I don't know if I want to say that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the women, some of them the same way and it gave them encouragement and helped them open up and hopefully strengthen their marriages mm-hmm. absolutely folks you're tuned in to ignite radio live and we're blessed to uh, greg and stephanie schleer and blessed to have liz erickson we've had some other guests sharing tonight about lit groups we've shared that these are contexts of small contexts, small groups that meet on a weekly basis at a time that makes sense and we have a guide that we provide based upon Sunday readings, to help talk and pray, facilitate the conversation. If you've been tuned into us, we've been going out three years, periodically we'd pull these things out. we pull the Lit Gathering Guide out. And you get a sense of the easy questions that you could ask, if you want to go there, that are great for little kids. Um, then we get the daily questions that you would go around if you want to. It's entirely up to the leader. But daily questions like, what's a victory? What's a challenge? What's an affirmation? What's something new going on? And then really you get to the readings. You read the readings of this upcoming Sunday, and uh, we typically begin with the gospel. Why? Because we rarely have gotten to all three readings. And the goal isn't just to get through it. The goal is to, you know, facilitate God alive in the relationship. So when we read the gospel, as we've said earlier, just the first question alone is common for all the readings. And the first question is this, what struck you in this reading? challenged you, inspired you, what questions did it raise? If this is speaking to your hearts right now, if you want to be a participant or you want to be a leader, either one, a participant or a leader, for seven weeks, if you can commit to seven weeks, check it out at massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. Massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. A cool thing, by the way, is an, of is some parishes being led in particular by Holy Trinity, um, Father Mike Dandran. Uh, we've been forming folks from that parish, and now he's initiating this whole scale throughout the parish of wanting to initiate these small gathering groups that can only result in personal family and parish revival. He gets... As most pastors do, you know, we've got to break out. In fact, the word ecclesia, the word used for church, literally means to be called out. You know, as we said, if we're not advancing, we're retreating. Um, It's got to, you know, break out and overflow from that Sunday hour, from those moments of hearing the great speaker or the parish mission. Father Dan Duran gets that, as do many other pastors, and we are at the service of pastors looking for a way to help see the Eucharist overflow, the source and the summit, to see the Eucharist overflow from the Mass into marriages, into families, into homes. I just wanted to comment quickly before we get to our next caller um, on a couple of things that Liz said. And as she talked about the beautiful gift of as you gather and you um, come to pray for each other with whatever victories or challenges are shared or, you know, just in conversation and the spiritual bond that happens there. Mm. I mean, what a gift to know that you have that prayer support right there, mm-hmm. not just the cliche, oh, yeah, I'll say a prayer for you, I'll pray for you, or but like real deal going there for that person. 
true gift. The other thing I wanted to comment on that she so eloquently spoke of um, was um, just even though the kids are in their separate thing and they get excited for their little party time or whatever they call it with their friends, what an amazing gift that these couples are giving to their children for years to come as a witness in sharing the faith of gathering together with believers. And, and I know that um, whether it's these groups that they have gathered in their home or others that we know, you know, some of them, yes, definitely similar on the, in the journey in their spiritual realm and others are just getting started and the impact that that can have on them too. So it's not about, okay, I'm going to pick my, you know, closest, most religious friends, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, right? But just that evangelization sure. spirit, whoever, you know, the Lord has put um, on their hearts. And just finally, as she's, you know, Liz mentioned for them and others have done this too, breaking off into men's and women's groups for a short period of time and what is shared there. And I think a, something that has been shared with us and we've seen it too in our home that it, it gives the couples when they do come back together and, you know, you're on your way home or you're at home, an opportunity to share more. And so in that way, it's built up couples in the, in their communicating of the faith and not sharing the confidential things, perhaps, and that's not what I'm speaking of, but just giving them a context of deeper things to talk about. Folks, I'll just be really vulnerable and candid with you and transparent because I am very imperfect. Those of you who spend more than five minutes with me know my imperfections. And by the way, I delight with that because any good that comes out of us or mass impact, you know, can't be attributed to me or to us. And that's awesome. So all this good that God is doing uh, is a result of the Holy Spirit alive. But here's my my transparency and my candor. And it may not seem overwhelming or whatever, but we're all hungry. And God is the only supply of that hunger. We're all hungry. We're spiritually hungry. We're emotionally hungry. Inside of us, we fight with things. We're, uh, we fight with anxieties. We fight with apprehensions. We fight with how we dealt with our kids or how we're dealing with things at work. We fight integrating this faith. If you're like me, we hear a great homily from a great pastor. We got a great one, Father Adam at St. Joan of Arc. You hear the message and, you know, maybe three hours later, I'm challenged. You know, have I gotten this? Am I living this out? So all that's churning around. We're hungry. I use the word. We're just, we're hungry for a wholeness. God made us for a wholeness. And we're going to have discord until we seek him and have that wholeness. And while the Eucharist is the source and the summit, that that grace is powerful in the Eucharist, a holy community corresponds to holy communion. It's not enough just to have holy communion. Our, our, our lives yearn for that holy communion to overflow into holy community. That we're living it out in small faith sharing groups. Because you can't know... 90% of the people in your parish you can't know well, but you can know eight. And we're inviting you to think of right now, if you're married, who are eight people or single, doesn't matter, then think of nine. If it's eight people, who are, who are um, eight people you could invite that you really enjoy, that you'd really like to get to know a little better, that you share things with, you don't anticipate maybe, maybe challenges or struggles because of differences in politics or whatever, just low-hanging fruit. Invite them into your home. Beginning the week of February 4th, that's week one, invite them into your home for seven weeks. Find a common time for all 10 people 
they, they realize the difficulty. You know, we typically do our seven to nine. People will set aside, by the way, the time because they know it's valuable. And if one night doesn't work, everybody, the group will find a time. Trust me, God will bless this. So you're going to go to massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. Those first six weeks, you're going to gather in your home, talking and praying, using this guide, knowing you're united with possibly hundreds of others. Then on that seventh week, all of those involved, we're going to invite to an ignite. So you're going to be able to see candles at this burning bush corresponding to groups that have been talking and praying, and God's grace is going to be powerfully outpoured that week before Holy Week. How awesome will that be if you make the commitment now, enter into the seven-week lit group, meet for that ignite on that Holy Week, the next week is, I'm sorry, the next week is Holy Week, and then Easter. It will be an Easter full of grace unlike any other you've ever experienced for you, for your spouse, and for your family. Steph, you were saying, do we have another caller, John Paul? We do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You should have given you should get him. We've been cut, trying to tell him. Giving him cutoff skills, cutoff permissions. Anyways, who do we have on the phone with us? Well, it's a good thing I didn't have to hold my breath. Thank you, Walt. <laughs> Brotherly. I love it. Authenticity love you, on display. Sorry, man. I didn't know you were there. Steph said it, but I was wondering how it came in. Anyways, what do you have to share with us, Mr. E? I think uh, for the lit group in our home, the most beautiful piece is I did not know what friends could be Mm. until I had brothers in Christ that I really knew. And um, I have brothers in Christ. I have friends that um, I didn't grow up with. I did not stay over at their house. I didn't play sports with. Um, I did not... um, you know, check out girls with, go fast in cars with. But those are the people that I thought were friends, and it certainly doesn't mean that they're not. But that is what I compared friendship to, and I had no idea what friendship could be. Hmm. And I would say anyone who's apprehensive of getting in a small group, please know that the, the, the present, the fruit that awaits you, is literally beyond anything you've ever, ever felt and uh, anything you've experienced. Um, because there are young, there are there are young uh, young uh, fathers. Um, there are there are seasoned fathers. There are grandparents that I have been through uh, lit group with that I have their cell phone numbers. We call each other, and it's not. How did Ohio State do? How did Michigan do? It's what can I pray for you for? What are you struggling with? Can you imagine doing that with your friends that you grew up with that are not brothers in Christ? It's a very different relationship. And, and it's, it's been huge. Um, obviously, getting together and being able to do something with my family. So the other thing that's always a struggle, especially when you have little ones and so forth at home, right, is... Go to your wife and say, hey, I've got this additional thing I'm going to go do on Wednesday night or Thursday night. And it's a, it's, it's a this. It's only men are allowed or only women are allowed, right? Well, there's no kids. What's beautiful about this is it includes the family, as it should. And um, you watch the children grow because of the conversations that they overhear. And um, taking them to Mass and getting them to, to read in Mass and getting them to adore the Lord in adoration, it's no longer 
a play on words. It's no longer, hey, if you do this, I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> they get to the point where they have their own personal faith with Jesus because their life is focused on Jesus in every way. So um, I can't, I can't uh, support enough going through small group, uh, especially the way Lit is set up. And um, it's easy. It's very, very easy. I can't, I can't say enough how easy it is. So no one needs to have any experience to actually read basic questions and have an opinion on them. Mm. Brother, you're awesome. You sound like you're navigating the Daytona 500 or something in the background. But uh, with that monster truck of yours, I know you're safe. I know you're on the right side of things. But um. <laughs> And we'll pray for your bubonic plague and your family. <laughs> I know you said that you were feeling sick. No, but, Walt, awesome thank you so much for calling you, in. Always, always blessed by you and uh, and your testimony. And so I, Walt, true. Walt Such said truth it. in all he said. He, right? he nailed it. The ease of it, uh, the blessing to his marriage and the family, the idea that it keeps the family together, that you're not feeling like strained where the dad's doing his thing and the mom's doing her thing. So, again, the commercial, join us. Join us in either being a participant or a leader in what we call lit groups beginning the first week of February 4th. February 4th is a Sunday. It doesn't have to begin on that night, but sometime that week is the first night. And between now and then, what do you need to do? Well, up to nine people in your home. If you're married, you want to maybe invite four other couples. So a total of you don't want more than 10 people, number one. Number two, it is really important that they all make the commitment through the full duration. We understand that there are exceptions and challenges, but we've discovered it is so important when somebody, when you forge this bond and somebody's missing, you just feel somebody missing. Is it doable? Is God's grace there? Does it happen? Yes. But in general, at the outset, you want them to make all seven. It's the six weeks of gathering, and then the seventh week, we all gather with all the other groups for an Ignite. And so if you begin that week, of February 4th, week one. You're going to end the week. The seventh week is going to be the week preceding Holy Week, where we'll all gather for that Ignite. And where you can find out more about this is at massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. Massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. If you even want to begin now, if you will, and just become familiar with the lit guide, we've been doing this every single week for over three years. Um, these guides are brand new every week. They correspond to the Sunday readings. Uh, and I'll even say, you know, even if tomorrow, if you will, at, at lunch table or supper table when you're gathered or a time before you go to bed, just try it with your family even by doing the daily questions. Say, hey, guys, before we pray, um, let's go around and just, you know, if we're willing to share what's a victory and what's a challenge. Just make the place sacred. Say, can we just take 10 minutes together? Uh, I know this is awkward. I know you guys would rather be playing video games or whatever it is you're doing. But, you know, hey, I'm the dad, and I just I really want to do a better job at bringing us together and, and provide, use this time well in a way that's going to last. Can you just humor me for 10 minutes? Can we get together? I really want to learn more about you and some things I want to share. Let's go around. Share a victory and a challenge. That's what Lit Groups are all about, an occasion to encounter God alive in our relationships. So if you're not feeling the confidence for whatever reason to do this on your own and you would like us to help you connect with some other um, leaders who are planning on doing this already, send us an email um, at MassImpact or alive, alive at, at MassImpact.us. Thank you. I should know that. <laughs> email us alive at MassImpact.us. We will be all in in helping to connect you um, if you want to lead, to help you lead, etc.
just awesome. Just awesome. I'm so inspired by our callers. Um, I was also thinking about uh, Rita Dodd down in Huron, Ohio, who mm-hmm. uh, called in not so long ago, and we spoke with her about her experience, you know, kind of stepping out on the water and, and inviting her neighbors you know, to gather together. And um, it's also a great thing. We know another parish who's using this uh, with some set leaders already to um, welcome new parishioners in, you know, right away to get to know Mm -hmm. some other families that way. And you can't go wrong. It's just a matter of saying yes. You know, like we spoke of with Lorna this evening, just opening yourself up and, you know, making yourself available for all that the Lord desires to do with you and in you and through you. And to know you're doing it together, that there are other people like you stepping into it, leaning into it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it seems it is a cliche, but it is a true, as cliches are true, and I can't emphasize it. You've heard it tonight. The only ability required is availability. The only ability required is availability. God is offering you and me, our listening audience, a gift. He's offering us a gift of being all the more alive in our homes in our marriages, but we got to receive it. And that's all we're wanting to do. We're wanting Steph and I in this movement and united with this, this uh, Kingdom Builders team and their wives, you know, we're united with them and want to be united with you in taking the step of opening up the door to encountering His grace through these lit groups. So check it out at massimpact.us forward slash lit leaders. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dear Lord, you fashioned us for you. You're pouring forth your grace. Help us to receive that grace, to take those steps. In spite of our fears, awkwardnesses, insecurities, we say yes to you. Flood us with grace all the more. Lead us, God. We trust in you. Help us to build the kingdom here for the glory of your name. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.